Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Heart and Hustle podcast. I'm Angelica Yard. And I'm Charisma O'Keefe, and we are here every Thursday talking to you about business, balance, entrepreneurship, and so many other things. And as we kind of head into, you know, fall and then holidays are right around the corner, we thought it would be a great time to talk about reclaiming your time and giving you some easy tips to get more done in less time. Because at the end of the day, I think we, you know, even if we love what we do, we'd rather work less and have more time for family and friends and hobbies and other things, right? So, I mean, I know I would. (laughs) So we're going to get right into it today and kind of give you some tips on how you can spend more time, you know, doing the things you love, spend a little bit less time working. So the first thing is something that works really well if you have ADHD. um, And that is focusing in on short work periods. So setting a timer um, or, you know, setting an alarm, whatever, and working for about 20 minutes or whatever time frame is going to work best for you and saying, I'm going to zero in on this 20 minutes and have literally no distractions. Like I'm not going to let anything to allow me to allow to pull me from this moment and just kind of digging into your work and then only doing it for a short amount of time, you know, like 20 minute period. And then after that, you can get up, you can walk around, you can move your body. Maybe you take a little walk, maybe you get some sun, have a little snack. And then once you are recentered and ready, come back to that short burst of working and repeating that process just kind of as many times um, to finish like more challenging work or tasks that are just like hard to focus in on. Um, I find this to be really helpful. I know there's a lot of different like techniques out there, but what I like about this one is just just straightforward. And it's not like, I like to not think of it as, because a lot of them have like very, very specific time frames, and you feel like you failed if you haven't done it perfectly. And that's why I'm like, for me, I'm like, just kind of like, see, you know, you pick the time. It could be 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 25 minutes. You zero in for that amount, and then you take a break that could be 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever. Um, yeah. Again, you don't want to go for longer time periods to focus in on. That's not going to work. The point is to be full on for a shorter amount of time. Yeah, I think the what people who struggle with the idea of this are always like, well, I can't get started or I like putting that to start my day is very frustrating. But I think it, when you even if for the first 20 minutes, you don't get anything done. It's just the act of like sitting down at your desk and like maybe that's the time you write a list Except, down or you create yeah. your like, to, you know, like just doing something. Then, you know, obviously you take the break and when you come back, it's more likely that you'll be able to jump into it then. So I think this is. I've definitely heard a lot of people being like, what is similar with the Pomodoro technique? I don't like the idea of like having to do something for a short period of time and then stopping because it would would break me up. But it is giving you that the opportunity to focus um, uninterrupted. Like this is the 20 minutes where, again, regardless of whether or not you get like a task done, turn your phone off and off and kind of focus and be intentional in that moment. So definitely recommend for those who struggle with like, jump starting their day or getting things started like they can't don't have a routine that like that or your brain doesn't work that way this is a good opportunity to start to train your brain to kind of get into the moment to focus yes so another one is focusing on a big three every day now you guys have probably heard this one before but it is always worth repeating that you cannot get everything done in a day so it helps to focus on i would say up to three not even three 
Um, but up to three like larger tasks that you're going to have in the day that you're going to say, okay, we're going to get these three three things done because you're just not going to be able to get like, I used to write to-do lists that would have like 25 things on them. And then I'd be like, oh, I didn't get everything done and I feel unaccomplished. And now I'm like, like doing one major thing for an hour. I'm like, like, why did I think that I could do all that in a day? Like I'm not a robot. And like, literally, even if I was, there's just only so much time in a day. So having like three major things that you're like, especially if you're like a a multidisciplinary, like creative, like you have multiple things you're working on. So you might have a podcast, you might see clients, and you might be working on some sort of like upcoming project that you're like excited to launch or something, maybe like a course or something. So maybe you want to like have one thing in each of those areas for the day that you're like focusing in on. Or if you're like, really close to a launch, then maybe it's three things for that launch or whatever. So when you're looking at your week, and you kind of break each day down into like maybe three larger tasks, things start to look a lot easier and make a lot more sense. And remember, like, when it is three larger tasks, that means that there's going to be smaller tasks underneath that larger task. So it's like, I know a lot of people will be like, Oh, well, I need to do more than three things a day. You are you're just focusing in on three kind of bigger things and then having smaller tasks underneath it. Yeah, for sure. Um, And if you are stressed about the idea of only having three things, again, this is one of those opportunities where you can write the list for the week and every day focus on those three things. And that's going to be your three to check over. And guess what? If something rolls over to the next day, it's fine. You just add that to your top three the next day. So I know sometimes, again, the semantics of these things, people are always like counter arguing like this is not going to be as productive or I have so much to do. You could just write everything down and focus on three, get those three done, and then keep moving. Yeah, I find that sometimes, like, I have to roll over, you know, my list the next day. But then other times, it's like I actually do, like, focus in. Five or two things. Yeah, then I'm like, okay, like, I'm going to, it's Monday and I'm actually done with this stuff. So, I have plenty of time left. I'm going to grab from Tuesday and and move forward. But, yep. you know, you also could just be like, F it, I'm done for the day early, which is – and sometimes I do that. Sometimes I'm like, forget this. I'm going to Disney. Um, yeah. So, you know, just kind of see how you feel with it. But, you know, it makes sense to, like, look at your week that way and kind of break things up into those three a day because if you're trying to do more than that, it's just – it's not, it's not something that is most likely going to happen. And you're going to kind of be setting yourself up for failure and like feeling bad if you can't check all those things off your list. So another big one is to have all your client interactions in one place. People are not doing this anymore. Which no, is wild. no. Like in our day when we started world, like this was, this was Bible, like the Bible, like you had, you had to do every, you know, it was like, nobody would not do this. And now it's like, people really, I just, I don't get it. So it's like, whether you're using like a Gmail situation with like, uh, you know, like Google Drive and stuff, or if you have like HoneyBook or Dubsado, any of those sort of like CRMs or whatever, you want to focus all of your client interactions into like one area. And I know a lot of people are having like client interactions in DMs and things like that. And it's gonna get to be too much like you need to like, take all your different social platforms and you know, you can still respond to them. I'm not saying don't respond to them, but respond and say, 
hey, actually, that sounds great. And I would love to work with you. Here is my email or can I have your email or whatever? And let's go ahead and continue this in email or whatever it is, or at least have just like one place socially where you answer. Like if maybe you're very into Instagram or something, and that's like your main platform, then maybe sending people who are tweeting at you and in your TikTok DMs and what like send them all to the same place because it's just too much. Like you're going to be spread out and an- answering messages in like six different places. Some people add text messages on top of that. Mm-hmm. It's just too much. You're spread too thin and it's like you're not going to be able to be like productive with your time because you're literally all over the place. Yeah. I this is truly become one of the things that I dislike um, a little bit and why I've moved away to a certain demographic of people in terms of just servicing them as a client because there are other service providers who do that and I think the expectation for a lot of people who've never I would say never had like a a, but not again yeah not have a standard like corporate nine-to-five like they don't use email they don't care about email they try to like avoid using email and so for them they're like I like to do things via text message or I like to message people on social. And that's how I order everything. There are a lot of service providers who like bakeries who run off DMs. There are, you know, stylists who work off text messages and that's totally fine and do what you want, but it's not sustainable and you can't scale that way and you can't make a ton of money that way. Like you can, but it's very limiting on how far you can go. So if you are making a ton of money via DMs and text messages, imagine how much money you'd make if you had organized communication system. Um, so I, yeah, I, it's totally a thing that it's, I guess it's a catch between two because there is, there are people who won't respond to you. Like if I respond back to, I think I've had some people reach out to me on Instagram, like, yeah, send me an email and they just don't ever email me because they're just like, I'm not and that. You know what? It's not the person for you. It's not the fit for you. Um, but I will say having one place to have all communications documented is helpful with processing and understanding, um, if there's any issues that arrive, because it's very difficult to be like, finding things in text messages or now I got to find the DM. Oh no, the DMs got deleted because they were over this amount of years old or whatever the case may be. So I, yeah, I, I don't get I, the new generation of business folks and what are y'all doing? It's not for me spiritually, but uh, it, is, it is not like for me, especially when it comes to do with um, the nonprofit, like I don't want anything to do with a nonprofit in my text messages or anything like it's like, I, it's all email for everything for that because it would just like be way too overwhelming. Um, I just can't even imagine like, yeah, no, not, not trying to do it. Like I just, I need it in there. And for me, for certain things, I have separate email like addresses for certain things. And like uh, my family and friends email me typically like the people that like I never work with, they have a different email address for me. Um, like my mom, because like, I know my mom is going to send me like emails of just like memes and like nonsense. And so I understand if somebody's like, oh, like it's, you know, all in one place and it's like overwhelming, whatever. It's like have a separate email for like maybe personal stuff and then have one for like business and work and that's fine. Um, But yeah, if you're, if you're answering Facebook messages and text messages and Instagram DMs and TikTok DMs and you're answering your email. It's like, and then maybe you have a client management system on top of that. It's like, you have to spend so much time going into all of these areas instead of opening up one and focusing that 20 minutes and like starting to like cut down on that inbox to where you can yeah. hear about that inbox. You and know? I will say some people, you know, historically nine to five office jobs, especially when we moved more into email communication, um, 
busy work is how people justify 40 hours in an office. You can say what you want, do what you want. But I think we both worked in corporate America, we, you know, yeah. saying, oh, I have so many emails. It was It's such a big thing for people who like work in certain industries. And so I think when some people start a business, especially for the first time, and again, if you've not been in like a traditional or even if you come out of that corporate, see, to them, there should be so much time focused on communication because that's doing the busy work. And that's like not true. Uh, you don't have to be in 17. You don't have to spend hours and hours of your day responding to emails to have a successful business. That's not a thing. So Yeah. So another step, uh, another tip is having a website that works for you, not just like is there, right? Like you want, you, the website needs to have a purpose. So you want it actually working for you. So having like copy that's going to, you know, effectively pitch yourself, pitch your services or sell your products um, to the clients and customers that you want, that's really like such a great website to have. And you want one that's going to be answering a lot of questions that you know people are going to have. Like you, you know your industry, you know what people are going to be confused about. Educate them on your website so that you can hopefully have a little bit less to answer. And of course, there are still going to be people that come and they ask you the thing that's very obviously like spelled out on your website. Like there's always going to be a few people like that. But for the most part, this is kind of help the masses to like figure out a little bit more about you and everything like that, especially for those of you who have like services that are a big investment. When someone's looking to like make that investment, they are probably going to want to get as much information about you and your services ahead of time as possible. Um, so they're going to be looking for that information. They're going to expect to see like, why am I paying this much? And what is that about? Um, so having like a website that, you know, already has that done is really just like such a smart thing to invest in. Yeah. I, that's a whole nother episode about like why having a website is important um still in 2022 i know again we're relying on social platforms for a lot of businesses and utilizing that website but day to day yeah say um you know we we got on to record this podcast like imagine if this was the place where we hosted our website like it is different already like this may not even be the long term we have a website like we can move things around we don't need the same recording platform like we've used different situations etc we've not you know, depended on one software or one platform to record a podcast because we have a, a website so we can move things around. Um, versus if we did use the hosting on some of the podcast platforms that do exist, if we disliked the changes they made, we'd be stuck because <laughs> that's what we use or it'd be more problematic to move things around. So uh, there's definitely benefits of having your own website. And again, like Christmas said, having the correct information on it and making sure that it's legible and not just putting your heart and feelings into it. Because I still see a lot of the early 2000s mistakes of websites where people are putting like glitter on things and colors and like very fancy script writing and it doesn't say anything or do anything, but it's pretty. And that's not the point of a website. A website can be pretty. I'm not saying it should be ugly, but it needs to be functional and effective as well. Yeah, because you're not like you shouldn't be paying all that money to just have a website that's just pretty as much as I love things that are just pretty. But again, you want it to work for you. Yeah, you want it to be functional, like you want it to have a purpose. Um, another thing that you can have is an auto response email that is filled with important information. I remember I saw like the first really good one of these um, probably about seven years ago 
when somebody, like I sent someone an email and they had like just an auto responder that was just so good. It had like all the information I could possibly need. Um, it let me know like what to expect with the process from them when I would expect to hear from them. So it's like, I'm not going to then be following up with email after email because they'd say, you're going to hear from me in, in this exact time frame. Um, and kind of like some information on like how to prep myself before I did hear back from them. And I was like, this is really, really, really smart. Like this makes so much sense. And so I've seen more of them pop up over time. I still don't see them as much as I would think that I would. Um, because again, they they are really, really helpful. They're going to save you time. They're going to save you headache. They're going to save your clients and customers. And it, they're just a great resource. And a lot of these things, again, it's like you're the same type of person is, is typically going to be reaching out to you. So there's a lot of things you can address in that auto response email that are going to be helpful and that are going to provide a lot of information to just kind of a generic customer or client coming in. Um, so because again, you can't speak to everyone immediately, but this is a way to kind of have that customer service from the first contact. So they've talked to you, they sent you an email, they're reaching out saying they're interested. And almost immediately you can be responding back and saying, hey, I did receive that email. You will hear back from me. I do care about your time. Here's when you're going to hear back from me. Here's what you can expect during our process. Here are some things you can look at, past work or whatever, to get you ready for working together. And I'm excited for us to be chatting in three to five days or whatever that time frame is for you. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, just having any level of FAQs up front saves you time. It saves a person who's reaching for information time. Um, and again, your time is valuable. So <laughs> the whole point of the episode. Yes. So email templates in general can be a great move. Yes. That is a great tip. So just anything you find yourself like sending emails about multiple times. Nowadays, it's great because you can just literally buy templates and like customize them. Back in the day, there really weren't like a lot no, of things to, to do. Come up with your own and then yeah. you have to use um gmail labs to save template there was like that one like pre-written template yes. gmail lab that we probably did talk about on spotcast back then ago, and yeah. now, uh, i think that's built into gmail like i think you can just select your templates or whatever um so it's so interesting how far technology has come to be more helpful but i know in a lot of the crm uh platforms you have templates that are built in and you can just utilize that to have those conversations back with those potential customers as well yeah, and if you want some more punchy copy, you can just literally Google like your industry plus um, yeah. email templates, and I guarantee that one of like the leaders in your industry has I've probably did something. Yeah, sure. really awesome email templates that are quite affordable, and you can probably just go in, copy and paste, and then go in and make those changes that apply like to you and your brand. And there you go, like you're done and done. And it'll save you so much time. When I originally started, like very many, 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 many moons ago, uh, I remember responding to each potential photography client with like an individualized email. <laughs> and doing that for like a little while until I was like, and again, there wasn't like a lot of ways to like you were saying, like there wasn't a lot of like built in, but I just remember like putting it in a document and saving it because I was like, I can't keep doing this. Like this is bananas. You know what I mean? Like this is taking way too long. So I wrote myself up, wrote myself up an email 
that, you know, like my first response to them and gathering the one for gathering more information and yada, 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 and just kind of built them out very simply and save them as documents. And I would copy and paste them. Now it's, it's on a whole nother level. It's like, you know, you can have them just like built in and saved into your CRM or into Gmail or whatever you're using. Uh, But it saves so much time. Again, you still can customize it by, I always suggest like, obviously you want to put their names in there. Like that's very just, you know, bottom of the barrel and make sure their names are spelled right. Take the time to do that. That is worth your business time. Business name of their business. Make sure that's spelled right. Yeah. Just Yeah. Thing. Make sure those things are, are customized and, and spelled right. And for me, especially if it's something that I like someone that I already know and I've talked to them, I know a bit about them. I will make sure to throw a line in or two that, yeah, about the conversation. That yeah, we had. exactly. Like that is custom so that they, so it doesn't feel like a template. It feels like, oh, this is like, you know, she's talking about something that we've touched based on before. So that can just make it feel really personalized. But again, like you're just using that template. It's really fast. And so writing in a, a, a sentence or two does not take a lot of time. That email is still going to be able to be sent out very, very quickly. Um, you're still reclaiming your time, but yeah, you're just making time to make sure that they feel valued as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so another tip is creating a pricing guide. So it doesn't mean that it has to be public. It can be a private, like a private pricing guide. Um, but knowing these things ahead of time helps you save a lot of time. And I say this because I know that there are a lot of people out there that are still like, especially if they have things that are service-based, they, they don't really know what their pricing structure is. They just get a project and then say, look at the project and say, okay, I think this project's going to be around this price. Um, but you really want to have all of that stuff broken down to know like, well, if I'm doing A, it's this price and B, it's this price and so on and so forth. And so you might have a project that has you know, 35 components to it, but you should be able to look at both all of those different components broken down and know that one exact thing equals this particular exact price and then add those all up. Again, you might have a situation depending on your brand where it may make more sense for them to not see the pricing guide or it may make more sense for them to see the pricing guide. That's fine either way, but you should have one for your own time. You know what I mean? To make things move along at a faster pace for yourself. Yeah. I don't, the, if you're an old graphic designer or even if I guess maybe some of the young ones do, there is a um, graphic designer guild had a book that was a pricing guide for graphic design. And it had literally everything from like print ads to email banners to website design, like everything. And, and that was kind of like the Bible that started the core for people to kind of start their pricing. And you'd go in and you'd be like, let me add all this up and like figure out how much it was. And honestly, that was market value, which is way above what, you know, I could have, you know, priced out back then. But that was just giving me a starting point. And a lot of times I'd be like, well, those are like established professionals or people who live in other metropolitan cities, but it should have been the standard. But that was like, Again, a key resource that I utilize to teach me how to have prices and price things out and understanding how pricing worked because it was a a literal Bible (laughs) dedicated to pricing in the industry that I was in. And I know Jessica Heesh actually has a pricing guide that she does now. She actually does a money workshop. I think she's doing one today. Like she made earrings with with dollar signs on them last night. So I think her thing is today, but you can buy that from her. And that's a valuable resource for somebody who has worked on like 
movies and done custom typefaces for brands and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, who has the industry. So if you don't know, go within your industry, find an expert and get by their pricing guide and figure out what they do and then learn from that and adjust it to your market. Cause I understand again, she was in New York and she's in California right now. Even when she started out, <laughs> my skill level wasn't there. A, I wasn't doing custom hand type stuff, but also like I'm in a different market. Central Florida's market is not the same as a, a California or New York. So I definitely always would have to average down. But if I have clients in those areas, I know, again, like the market range and which how much I should charge. So definitely yeah, work with someone who is in the industry and pay them for their guide. Like there's got people who are selling these guides already. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. So that's yeah, we'll have to put that in the show notes because that's an awesome resource. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So kind of piggybacking off of the website, in a sense, is creating content that educates. So in the same way that you want a website that gives a lot of information, it educates, it has value, it's working for you. If you're going to be creating content, which again, you don't have to create content, but if you're going to be creating content, create content that educates and informs your potential buyer or client. And you can do this at the same time that you are selling. So if you're creating TikToks, Reels, the Grams, all the different things, and you're saying, oh, I'm making this to advertise my clients and things like that, great, keep doing that. Just add some information in there that educates them and informs them of your product or things about your services because, again, it's going to save you time in the long run so that you're not getting the same questions over and over, the same, you know, comments, whatever. Um, So, yeah, just kind of educating them while you're – if you're already going to create content, again, if you aren't, that is fine. I am pro people not having to be a content creator just because they own a business. So I'm very pro that, and I know lots of people that are not creating content and are business owners. But if you want to create content, definitely make sure that it is doing that educating and doing that, you know, just giving that value uh, to your clients and customers and letting them know more about you and what you do. Uh, Because it just makes sense. And again, it's going to save everybody time in the long run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. If this is what you, again, there needs to be a purpose for you doing something, just some two things for the sake of doing them or because you took a course and it said it's good for you and that's how you make money. Uh, if it's not where your spirit aligns, then don't do it. And then if you also want to create content, but you are not a content creator and that's not your ministry, you can pay a content creator to make content <laughs> for your business. Like that's definitely the, the route that I would recommend. <laughs> most people, honestly, most entrepreneurs probably should hire someone that creates content because not everyone is built for that lifestyle. If you weren't a content creator before you started a business, you probably, it's too complicated not to get into it. There's lots to do and your time could be better focused on making your product or your business better and you could just outsource that work. Yeah, it's a lot of time. So it's too much. It's too much. If you feel overwhelmed and you're like, oh my gosh, like I, you know, it takes me so much time, blah, 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 and you don't feel like you can fit in your schedule, like that's okay. A lot of people can't. So yeah, it is worth investing in someone who actually knows how to do that. And again, it's you can still get the education out there and provide that value. But yeah. Yeah, it's which is our next note, which is get help. <laughs> like hire someone. <laughs> help. Hire hire a content creator, hire an employee, hire a virtual assistant, um, you know, hire an intern. What whatever the right structure is for where you are, a hire a freelancer. Um, you know, I think that's a lot of us typically end up working with, you know, other people who do what we do on like a freelance 
basis at some point. So, you know, you know how much help you need or don't need, but that, yeah, that's the reality is like you get to a certain point and, you know, you have to ask yourself like, do I need more money? Which maybe you do, that's fine. But do you, would you rather have more time? Right. And so for a lot of people, they're like, I'd rather go ahead and pay somebody to do these tasks that maybe just aren't my favorite. And that way I'm going to reclaim that time back for myself. And I like a lot of people like are weird about hiring someone. Like they feel bad. They feel like they should be like the only one working and whatever. But a lot of these same people will like hire somebody to clean their house. And I'm like, it's literally the same thing. Like if you're going to hire somebody to clean your house or you're going to pay like extra for a meal service, like HelloFresh, so you don't have to like do traditional shopping or like anything like that. It's the same thing when you're hiring help for your business. Like you're just basically having more time to do the things that you want to do. So decide what those, you know, those tasks are that would just be better left to someone else and hire somebody who's great at it. I mean, we had that whole episode talking about virtual assistants and what they can do. So we'll link to that in the show notes. But yeah, definitely hire somebody to kind of take your load off so that you can just have a little bit more time. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't stress enough on like, there's only so much that you can do as a human being. Unfortunately, I try all the time every day. I try to do 90 things and I can only do like 85. And I'm like, oh, there's five more things that I could have hired someone to do it. So don't be like me. Be better. Hire someone to do your your stuff. Like, again, if you, like Chris said, if you're hiring someone to clean your house, then you need to hire someone to clean up your CRM. Like, there's always like, you yeah. know, we're always like, oh, I never got to it. I didn't have time to do it. And it's like, you won't ever have time. Like, I'm sorry. This is speaking to myself. I'm looking in the mirror. You won't ever have time to do it. <laughs> Yeah, there's only so many hours in a day. And, you know, I hate this saying about Beyonce because she is like, oh, she has the same amount of hours as we do. Yeah, she has a lot of people helping her. And that doesn't take away. She has nannies. She has, uh, you know, assistants. She has all the stuff. And she's still amazing and she's still Beyonce. But, like, she has a literal team of people helping her. So it's like, if you can add anyone to your team, even if it's one person, even if it's not full time, it's it's a small amount of hours a week, it could make a massive difference in your life. And you could have a little bit more time back for yourself and just reclaim that time for you, even if it's just for a hobby or for a nap, things like that, that you actually probably need more than you need to do those little tasks. You know, you don't need to be the person to do every little thing in your business. So letting somebody else do those little tasks that, you know, they, they are going to be probably even better than you at doing that's That's what I find a lot of times when you work with like VAs and that sort of thing is like, they're better at doing those tasks than you are. They get them done faster or they're spending less time on it, getting more done in less time. And then you can have that time for yourself so the new designers um that i've you know been working with or they're having to collaborate with are so fast and i'm always like man i need to die. i truly we have to do episode on like a careers and updates like where we are yes oh this is not the episode but we will do that because i definitely you know you get to a point where you're like i yeah you you age out of things and so we're busy than you um, so 100 so if you listen to this episode and you love us as much as we love you please go follow us on instagram at heart and hustle podcast that is where we share the most on social um if you haven't list uh like left a review before 
please leave a review wherever you are listening. We take reviews in all of the different places and they're really, really helpful because they help other people to be able to discover our podcast. So that's one of the best and easiest things you can do is leave us a five-star positive review. If it's not positive for you, then just don't leave a review and just, just you know, you don't, don't have listen to your heart. <laughs> Scream within your heart. Yeah, just keep keep it inside. You know, Uh, all for doing that and sharing with us and all of the things. Um, Yeah, be in touch next week as soon as I get my life together and you know regularly edit this podcast. (laughs) I'm gonna hire an editor. So, (laughs) all right, guys. Well, we hope that you can use these tips to find a little bit more time in your day for yourself, and that you continue or start putting yourself first. So we will see you next week. Bye.